welcome to Bad Apple Good Egg. Um, it's me, Juge, and I'm here with Miri. And we just decided to start recording because we're hanging out and talking. We had a long day. We're not going to talk about that right now, though. Right now we're discussing if you could only eat one chip for the rest of your life, what chip would it be? So what chip would it be for you? So I couldn't pick one chip. We also call them crisps in the UK. So I couldn't pick (laughs) one brand of crisps. So I nailed it down to two. Um, So there's one crisp called Campesinas from Spain, which are lovely. And then I also chose Sensations, Thai sweet chili. I don't think you have them though. Mm -mm. I've never had those. Okay, they're a British brand. They're called Walkers. Are they potato chips? Yes. Okay. Interesting that you chose a potato chip. Yeah. Potato chips are good, but I think I would choose, like, a regular corn tortilla chip. Like, for chips and salsa. Because you can put seasoning on it. You could do a lot with it. You can have nachos. You can have chips and guac. You can have chips and salsa. That's what I would have to say. That's what I'd have to go with. I know it's boring, but it's dependable and stable. Capricorn. It's true, but then what about if you don't have the ingredients to make the dip that you want? You win some, you lose some. (laughs) (laughs) But um, campesinas are also one of my faves. Campesinas are in Spain. I think they're only in Spain. I believe they are in Spain. And they're so good. Nobody really knows. Campesina means farmer, I think, technically, is like the actual translation. Okay. But... I don't know what the actual flavor is of the chip, but it's got like an onion on it, a tomato, and a basil. If you ever see them, you got to try them because I think about them every day. (laughs) Miriam brought me some. So nice. I literally got to the airport and saw single packs of them and just started (laughs) stuffing them in my bag. The lady at the shop was like, um, okay. It's an excellent chip. Doritos. What's your favorite type of Dorito? If I have to eat Doritos, then I thought I'd you said say... you like Doritos. They're okay. You said you liked them a few seconds ago. Am I losing it? Are you gaslighting me? No, like before we started, <laughs> but when we were talking about chips, because I said, oh, that you said you like a Thai sweet chili and potato said... chip. And I said, I think there's like a Thai sweet chili Dorito. And you were like, oh, I quite like Doritos. Yeah, but quite. Okay. So that means you kind of like them. Yeah, yeah. I thought quite meant like like intensity. It was like expressing a level of like, I quite like something as like, you like it a lot. I've really been misunderstanding. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite nice. It's quite nice. She's quite nice. Oh, it's a, there's a little shade in that. Yeah. <laughs> this is bit. news to me. I literally have been misunderstanding every time you say that. I literally thought that if you say something's quite nice, it means it's really nice. I'm just telling my truth here. I definitely misunderstood the um, the word quite. But then you could say quite if you were surprised by how satisfying something was. Yeah, okay. So yeah. it was surprisingly good. Okay. Quite, so you say, oh, yeah, it, it was quite nice. I didn't expect it to be. Okay. 
I'm glad we established this. Grammar 101. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, we're going to talk about our experiences with the COVID vaccinations. Yes. Should I start? Yeah, you should start. Poor, 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 poor. Okay, so I got the Pfizer vaccine. <gasps> no, I got two different vaccines. So my first one was Moderna, and I had to travel for four and a half hours to get this vaccine. Oh my God. Yes. Were you in, you weren't in London? No, I was living in Leeds, Mm -hmm. and everywhere was fully booked, and I wanted to travel. So I had to travel for four and a half hours to get the vaccine. In a train? Um, Coach. Okay. I was poor at the time. So, but on a bus? Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, I went to a college on the other side of the north of England, and I waited in the queue. I almost didn't get to get the vaccine because I forgot my NHS number. <laughs> but then <laughs> they got my date of birth and postcode, and it, it worked out. Yes. Damn. So I did that. So how did you feel after you got it? Did they make you wait also? Like, yeah. what was the experience like when you went and got it? Oh, okay, so I get there. I was a bit lost because I thought I was going to be late. And then I walked into a college and there were just lots of different people there just ticking off names. And once I got over the palaver about my NHS number, um, yeah, I just sat down with a nurse and she was talking to me about what I was excited to do during the summer because we'd be out of a lockdown. Mm. <laughs> she was so soothing, just stroking my arm. Popped the inject, yeah, popped it in. Just a little prick. Um, and then I sat in the chair, but I started to feel a bit woozy because a lady next to me started throwing up while we were waiting. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's going to be me. And I guess I started to get a bit paranoid um, and then thought that I'd get really sick and then subconsciously made myself believe that I was also very unwell. Does that make any sense? Yeah, but did you like throw up? Did you get unwell or were you just kind of like feeling anxious dizzy yeah i'd say anxious and dizzy but then my arm was just dead it felt like there was like a 10 kg weight at the bottom of my arm Hmm. and then like three days Mm. and then i started to get covid symptoms Mm -hmm. yeah and that was not fun yeah like fever chills chills yeah not until three days later yeah Hmm. okay so then you recovered then I recovered. I bounced back. Did you have a fever? Like, did you make your take your temperature? I did not, but I was very hot. I presume that I did. Yeah. As a former ER employee, <laughs> I'm always like, mm, I'm, like <laughs> I'm like, if you didn't take your temperature, it's not a fever. <laughs> so funny. I don't, um, but no. Me wasting the doctor's time. Nah, nah. It's just funny because, like, I obviously never used to be, like, thinking of that because you know my mom would always do that like would like touch our forehead to see if we had a fever but like some of the doctors in the ER are such sticklers about that like if they're like if they're if the mom brings a baby in and it's like oh like she felt really hot I was remember they're like well did you take your temperature and she's like well no and they're like well she doesn't have a fever then it's like I mean definitely People can feel hot and, like, not have a fever. And, like, the human 
like humans aren't that um receptive to just like the touch of heat that they can tell like a few degrees difference yeah that it is if someone has a fever but i also think it's not really good for healthcare providers to like just completely invalidate people because also you want people to be paying attention to their kid and like of course looking for these signs that something could be wrong but then like if a person professes if a person comes into the er and says oh i think my baby had a fever the doctor's gonna shame you if you didn't take the temperature <laughs> potentially potentially but okay, anyways um did you have covid before you got the second vaccine yes okay what was that like it was not very pleasant i was out of breath i was very weak i was throwing up i had the worst fever I had the chills. I think it's probably the most ill I've ever been in my life. Mm. Were you sick for a long time? Yeah, 10 days. Did you take medicine? I did, but I don't feel like anything really worked. Yeah. Do you know what it... Like, you went to the doctor and they gave you a medicine for it? Well, I use everything in my home because I couldn't go out. Okay. How was the process when you got COVID in the UK? Like, you had home tests... Yes. Okay. I took four and they all came up positive within like a minute. <laughs> so I was like, I definitely have COVID. But then four other people that I was with also had COVID. So you were like, we got COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I felt- they, do they send you like supplies like to quarantine with? How does it work? You, you report probably like that you have it. Yeah. I mean, they just come to check if you're at home. So they'll just randomly just pop up to your house. Do they give you anything to help you? Only if you can prove that you can't have any, you don't have any means of support. Okay. So were you living with the people who had COVID? No. Okay. So it was actually the last week of my tenancy. Uh-huh. So all my housemates moved out and I had to stay in the house. I was like, free house, that's kind of fun. It's like, not when house, you're, cra- it's not when when you're, you're crawling to like the yeah. sink to try and eat something. Nah, it really takes it out of you. I know. Yeah. Well, my university lecturer was like sending me food. Oh, that's And that nice. was quite sweet. Yeah. It wasn't food that I loved. But um, it was nice that someone was sending me food. I was mainly was eating. food? It was just dry food, so cereals, cereal bars, a bit of fruit, but just it wasn't well-picked fruit, you know? Sometimes you want the nice fruit. Yeah, better than nothing, though. But it's better than nothing, exactly. Mm. And that was nice. It, it was tough, though. I think living alone when you're really unwell is quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. I was alone when I had it, too. It is hard. Did you feel really sick for the whole 10 days, though? No, I say I started to get better after seven days. Okay. But I think I was just very weak. Yeah, yeah, I felt that way too. I was like, literally, I couldn't, like, I slept so much and I couldn't, It yeah, like, I understand what you mean. Like, you're, like, crawling to the kitchen to get a glass of fucking water because you're, like, that exhausted. Yeah. I couldn't make myself food. Like, I was too weak. I totally understand it. I understand the the weakness. 
and just feeling totally incapable of caring for yourself. Exactly. I really did feel like I could barely go down the hallway to take ibuprofen and drink water and then go back to bed. I, like, was out of it. So you recovered. I did recover. And then you eventually got the second dose of the vaccine? I did. Was it sorely after that, or did you do you have like a waiting period since you had the positive COVID test? And there was a waiting period, so I had to wait, I guess, two months. Okay. And then you got the Pfizer vaccine. Okay. What was your reaction to that one? So I was quite nervous because of my first experience with the vaccine, um, but I was being vaccinated by a medical student, and I told him I was going to Spain. <laughs> and he essentially said there's no way you're leaving here without not getting this vaccine you have to go to Spain that's true <laughs> I don't think he lied <laughs> but then one lady had to come out and hold my hand it was really embarrassing mm, that's cute No, I think it was embarrassing because I was wasting so much time like the lady that was trying to get the queue moving was just like why were you afraid I think I just didn't want to get ill again and I just started to freak out. I'm not sure why though. But then one lady came and was like, it's fine, I'll sit with you. And then another lady came and was like, yeah, I'll help. And then the lady that was, I guess, running the whole process was just like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you should just go home if you don't want to do it. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so then did you after you got it, did your arm freeze again? Yeah. What? But I couldn't feel the whole left side of my body. Were you breathing, like, like fast? I don't remember. Because I don't want to call you out, but, like, that can be an anxiety thing. Like, if you get, like, numbness in, like, the fingers. But usually it's not, like, on one arm, to my understanding. If people are hyperventilating, they can get, like, their hands get kind of stiff and numb. Okay. Maybe it could be kind of like that. Maybe I was having been spacing. Mm. I don't know. wasn't there. <laughs> but yes, I remember just my arm and the left side of my body feeling very numb. And then I started to get the symptoms of COVID a day later. Mm-hmm. Not as severe as the first time. And I just spent most of my time in bed. Yeah. I was okay after four days, three, four days. Mm-hmm. And then, that's good. Did you get a a booster a third dose i did not get the booster so you've only had two i have only had two covid vaccination rebel no i was meant to (laughs) (laughs) anti-vaxxer here (laughs) no never i was meant to get the booster but i i literally just didn't have the time before i was meant to go to spain excuses excuses i know Mm. but um no i mean i think there's some like valid like I think there's some valid reasons why people don't want to just continue getting the vaccine. It's a nuanced thing. I wouldn't be judging you if you actually just didn't want to get it again. I mean, I'd already had two, so I was like, whatever and happens, you had COVID. I'm Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Okay. That's quite nice of you. Yeah, no. I think it's fine. Yeah. Do you have any other comments about your COVID experience? Did you have COVID again? You did, right? Yes. Yeah. What was that? That after you had the second vaccine? Yes. Okay. And um, was the, what were the symptoms like that time? Not as severe as the first time. 
Um, not much breathlessness, but just, you know, that headache that you get, just the piercing headache and the nausea. Yeah, I we had really bad stomach problems with it, too. It really has affected people in a lot of different ways. I have friends that get vertigo now, wow. like dizziness, with what they never used to. But it started after they had COVID. Like, it's not all the time, but, like, when they get drunk, okay. they get dizzier, like, a lot quicker okay. than they used to before they got had COVID. A lot of people have more stomach issues. It it was a it, it was a pandemic. It did happen. It's very true. It's very crazy. Yeah, actually, I want to go back. What what was happening in your life when like COVID first happened? Like, would you remember when you first heard about it? Yes. So I was living in Germany. I was living my best life. Um, I was studying, but the grade for that year didn't count. So it was my final grade. So I just loved it. I was going out every night. I was socializing. And then I started to read articles about COVID. And I remember when it got to Italy and suddenly it just became quite serious. And then they were speaking about closing down schools um, and just the whole idea of lockdowns. Mm-hmm. And I almost just thought it wouldn't happen in Germany. Until my university called me and were like, you need to come back to, to the UK. UK. I was like, oh! You're like, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then just seeing how it spread everywhere. But it, it was quite insane because I think my life changed very quickly, especially in Germany. I just think it was very social. I was around a lot of young people. I didn't spend a lot of time indoors at all that makes sense it's a big change so i think my world did almost turn yeah upside down and mm-hmm. i've been living away from my parents home from such for like four years at that point mm-hmm. so it's had to go back i was like oh yeah i think a lot of people felt like that and had similar experiences for sure i was quite terrified though of the pandemic in the beginning yeah yeah And because I was traveling and I almost wasn't really keeping track of how many people I'd been in contact with. And that stressed me out a little bit. Yeah. So then when you got back to your parents' house, was it pretty extreme lockdown? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys, and you guys couldn't go to the store really? Did you always get things delivered or? We could, but at certain times of the day. Okay. So did like each family have a slot? Kind of, or... It wasn't really a... There would be slots, but then only a certain amount of people would be let into the store. And you could only buy a certain amount of items as well. Mm-hmm. We had that too. Like, we, at the store, you could go whenever you want. Um, But there you they limited certain items. Not everything, but, like, things. Because toilet paper was running out of the shelves, so they started to be like, you can only buy, like, one thing or two things of toilet paper. Which I wholeheartedly agree with people were panic buying manically in the uk yeah it's that's upsetting but i think like the most upsetting thing was that like people were trying to get all of these medications that were not effective towards covid uh that were things that other people needed for real health care 
and that they were then not accessible for the people who actually needed them. There was a medication that I think Paxlovid is a HIV medication and people were just buying it off the shelves. Pharmacy, like if we're not buying it off the shelves, like you needed a prescription for it. Still, it was out in pharmacies. Like doctors were just getting it for their families and for themselves. That's appalling. So yeah, that's upsetting. That's yeah. even, I mean, that's like all, I mean, the toilet paper thing is another example, but it, it's like sad to see how, of course, also interesting to see how the individualistic cultures were so much worse at controlling COVID and also so much worse at sharing resources and people just want to grab as much as they can for their own loved ones. I agree. Very sad. Yeah. Okay, should I go? Yes, tell me about your COVID experience. So basically, when I first heard about COVID was my family was going to go to Paris. Okay. I had heard about COVID in China, but it was like before that it was in Europe. And we kind of talked about it at my job because I was working in the ER, but not extensively. And kind of people were like, oh, it's like the flu. Like, we don't know very much about it yet. So, like, nobody should freak out. Like, everybody calm down. And we're like, okay. So, I remember people asking me about it. And I was like, I just don't think we know enough about it yet to freak out. And I feel like it's like a flu, which is kind of crazy because that ended up being a narrative that a lot of people ran with that was obviously incorrect. But I literally remember, like, telling people that in the beginning. Because that's what doctors who I worked with were saying. But anyway, so my family, we went to Paris for a week. And then my mom went afterwards to Italy by herself for a week and we started hearing about when we were there like cases breaking out in Italy like it was just starting it was just the very beginning okay and then my mom comes back home and my mom is really sick but she's really and she's really sick we're looking up COVID because all of the stuff's happening in Italy now and she's calling her doctor she's going to like urgent care Nobody has COVID tests yet. Like, this was so early on that people weren't even testing for it yet. And so that was happening. And then working in the ER, just, I mean, increasingly day by day, like, we would just have all these weird respiratory cases. People would be dying. We would all be exposed to people who were sick with respiratory illnesses and dying from unknown particular causes or like new onset respiratory cases and cardiac failure. And we just really had no idea what was going on. That's like, terrifying. Cause you, and also you didn't, we didn't have a procedure for people who were infected with something like this. Of course. Like the hospital has, hospitals have procedures for something like tuberculosis or something okay. like this, but that's like pretty rare, at least in the States. And if someone's coming in with tuberculosis, they have, like, a whole specific room that they set them up in. And, like, the doctors who are going in, like, have this whole protocol. But it was so different because with COVID being so contagious and yeah. so, like, widespread and quickly spreading, every patient that came in could have had it and we didn't know. Of course. And so this was before the vaccine or anything. So then we had... In the early phases, 
all these arguments with the hospitals and the, the doctors and the nurses because they weren't providing enough masks for us. It was around that time when people were literally, like, asking people to donate masks from their garages, like, if they had any old N95 masks. And people were making masks, like, sewing them from scrap cloths because we didn't have any masks. And that was really scary, obviously. And also just, like, crazy because they weren't protecting us but like at the same time they also really needed us because it was like a pandemic but then one of the eventually they got more n95s but we were like using like each of us were given like one or two n95s and we were reusing it like we would keep it in a paper bag and like use it for like a few weeks you would wear one for like three days and then you put it in this paper bag for like three days and you'd like switch them out because People were like, oh, it'll, like, kind of sanitize it if it's in the paper bag for three days, which I don't know if that had any validity to it. But we were like, well, yeah, this is all we got. And I don't know if you've ever worn an N95. I think I've worn... It's the, um... The really uncomfortable one. Yes, yes. Yeah. Wearing that thing for, like, fucking a 10-hour shift was, like, actual hell. I was like, this is, like, so uncomfortable. And then we'd wear, like, another mask over it, usually. Because then the other idea was, like, if you wore a surgical mask or a fabric mask, like, over the N95, if someone, like, breathed on you that had COVID, like, you could dispose of the mask in front of your N95 masks. Okay, yes. Yeah. So, it was intense. We were double masking with N95 and the regular mask. But I remember a lifesaver was some women started sewing buttons onto headbands so we could, like, hook the the loops of the masks onto the headband instead of onto the ears because when you're wearing a mask for that long behind the ears it gives you like a massive headache or at least me okay yeah there's a lot of like there was just so much like discomfort in it that i think like people just didn't like like people who worked in healthcare was just so like uncomfortable but then anyways at one point they had like tarps taping off half the er that was for covid patients and half the er that was for other patients and there was literally, like, a zipper, and you had to, like, go into the zipper half to go into the COVID part and then change into different scrubs, like the hospital scrubs. Because normally we have our own scrubs, but we would change into the hospital scrubs and stay there all day. Like, we'd stay in that side of the hospital all day. But, and it's, like, but e- towards the beginning, like, some people were way more careful than others. Yes. Like, some people would go to work all day for 10 hours and not take off their mask, like, not eat or drink anything for 10 hours. And some people were like, well, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. But it was so, it was just so much tension and so crazy. People were bringing us food, which was nice in the beginning. But, but then also it was a lot of just nobody being at the at the hospital because in the beginning – people were quarantining more and also just people weren't going out so there were a lot less injuries and less other types of illnesses you know so you felt that most of your focus had to be on covid well yeah but also like just the er wasn't as busy okay so a lot of time we would just all be there like hanging out like there would be like no patients in the er well so then this is a thing in america that gets more complicated because then the hospital starts thinking, I mean, it could go on, it could go on about this for hours, 
But the hospital starts being like, we're not making any money because there's no patients. So they're... That is insane. Like, I'm overhearing conversations of, like, we want to... We don't want people to feel like they can't come to the ER if they are sick because we still need to make money. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it really it really shed the light. Draw on the floor. Yeah. The, uh, saying the quiet part out loud. Uh, you know, like, it just really exposed a lot of intentions. Just things I knew that were there, but COVID just made it a lot more visible. Okay. Um, but yeah, so then time goes on, time goes on, time goes on. And at this time, they also started like cutting our shifts. Maybe I have to go to the <laughs> They would, they cut our shifts. Like they were making it so that we had less shifts because they were not making as much money. Even though we had, like, been there working for them for, like, $15 an hour, even though we are like, putting ourselves in danger, like, we don't have proper supplies and equipment to be safe. And then they still are, like, having the audacity to, like, cut our shifts. Who We make $15 an hour. We calculated, like, how much money they save by, like, taking away one of our shifts. And, like, to us, it's a big deal. But it, to them, it was so inconsequential. So that was that was upsetting. But then, eventually, the vaccine gets made. And yes. I got the vaccine in, I guess it would be December 2020. Okay. So very early. Because I was a first line, or like a first responder, like, because I worked in the ER. And a lot of people were like, really discouraged me from getting it like people i knew were like oh my god you're gonna get the vaccine like can't believe you're gonna get the vaccine and i was like yeah i'm gonna get the fucking vaccine everybody like i don't know what to tell you i'm getting it so i went and similarly like that was it was all these nurses were there but i got it where i worked but they had all these little cubicles okay to like separate people and so you went and like sat in your cubicle and they gave you the shot and they made you wait there for 15 minutes. And I took my friend there and I was so, my friend I thought was going to pass out. And he was like, oh my God, I'm going to pass out. Like, I don't think I can stay awake. <laughs> I was like, in the name of God, please do not pass out because they're going to like do all these tests on you. Like it's going <laughs> to be on the news. Cause it was like, we were the first ones to get oh, the vaccine. Yes, so I was like, if you like have a reaction, like, it's going to be a huge fucking deal, you know? Yes. I was like, please keep it together. <laughs> I was like, you can pass out when we get it in the car. But I was like, I can't deal with that. They're going to be like, you know, like, young young man, like, passes out after in taking the yes, vaccine. Like, it's gonna, it'd be it a now. huge controversy. Of I was course. like, please do not pass out. Like, you wait till we get out of this building and then you can do whatever you want. But Especially because people were denying that COVID was real in yeah. the States as well. And there was a lot of yeah. controversy around that. Yeah, I mean, kind of there still is. Which is crazy, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, then I got it. I was fine. I actually didn't have COVID symptoms after the first okay. um, dose, but my arm hurt like so fucking bad. My arm was like oh, really bad and I had kind of like redness, but no COVID symptoms. So that was good. And then I got the second dose in January, didn't have COVID. 
And I did get sick from that one. Okay. Like fever, chills. Woke up the next day feeling like I got hit by a train. Oh, no. But it's okay. I mean, it was only like two days maybe that I felt bad. So it wasn't too bad. I got Moderna, both doses. Okay. And then, yeah, I don't think I had COVID after that. And then, so I got that in January. And then I moved to Spain in November. And I remember, th- I remember it was a time that I could get my booster before I went to Spain, but I was like, had a lot of shit going on. I just kind of like didn't get around to it as well. Um, I definitely wasn't against, I, I was like going to get it, but I just, it didn't happen for me. So then go to Spain. I'm in Spain. It was a big change for me. It was a big move. It was stressful. It was November, late November that I got there. And it was a chaotic period of my life. And then, so December comes, and I'm going to go see my cousin and her family for Christmas in Europe. And I'm the week before I'm supposed to go, I'm feeling, like, kind of off, like a little scratchy throat, headache a little bit. The first day I felt sick was just a headache, like, in the morning. And I woke up with, like, kind of a bad headache. But I had had a couple glasses of wine the night before. Okay. So I was like, is this a weird hangover? Like, this wine. I, like, took a picture of the wine and was, like, sending it to my friends. Like, don't buy this wine because it gave me the worst hangover. I only had two glasses of wine. (laughs) And I feel like shit. And so I thought it was that. And also my good friend who I worked with had similar headaches, scratchy throat symptoms and she took a COVID test and it was negative. Okay. So, I, and I didn't have a fever. I wasn't coughing or anything. So I just really didn't think it was like that. Yeah. I didn't think it was COVID. Then this was like Monday through Friday. So then Saturday morning, I wake up and I'm like feeling like death. Like yeah. that whole weekend I felt so ill. Like that was when I couldn't even walk down the hallway to get water. And... I was just taking Advil and then drinking water and going back to bed to the point that I think I gave myself an ulcer. I'm like, don't do that, people. Ooh. Eat some crackers at yes, least. Yeah. But, um, yeah, then I got better, but I it was sad because then I had to, my plan was to go see my family, my family for Christmas and I had to cancel the trip because I had COVID and I had Christmas by myself. COVID Christmas. COVID Christmas. Can we talk about your COVID Christmas? Yeah. So like, I was kind of pissed at my family because they said that if... So, I had just done home tests okay. that were positive and I was quarantining. But they said, like, oh, if you get a... Like, if you get a PCR test and it's negative, like, you should get a... P-. They basically were encouraging me to get a PCR test. And also, you need a PCR test for your flight to get refunded and okay. stuff like this. So I go take a PCR test, which cost 200 fucking euros. It was 200 euros to get a PCR test. I had to pay for it. Maybe 100. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But it was over 100 euros. Mm-hmm. My heart is over my mouth right now. Yeah, I but I wanted it. to go that badly. And also my flight, like, wasn't going to get refunded unless I had a PCR test that was positive. So I go get that test done. This is like Wednesday. I think Thursday's Christmas Eve. I'm supposed to leave on Thursday, Christmas Eve. And I get the test back Wednesday night and it's negative. Which makes sense because like at this point 
I'm kind of over the illness. Like, I felt really sick over the weekend, so I'm probably, like, heading out of it. So, then I call my family, and then they're like, okay, even though the PCR test is negative, we still don't want you to come. And they're like, oh, you're not supposed to come until 10 days after you've tested positive. And I'm like, you're not, that's not really true. Like, it's like 10 days after the first day of illness or when you've tested negative. And like, I've tested negative now. But no, they didn't let me come. <sighs> so luckily, I wasn't really feeling sick anymore on Christmas. But I didn't know anybody uh-huh. in Spain. So what I did was I I did some yoga, walked around a little bit, read. Mm-hmm. I put on a cute outfit, and then I drank some wine, and I made ramen. As you do, as yeah. a young, hot woman in Europe. Thanks. Doing my best. And I remember the wine I had. I don't know if my taste buds were, like, fucked up, but I remember I thought it was, like, the best wine ever. And then I tried it later, and I was like, I mean, sorry. Not that great. It wasn't as great as I originally thought. But then, yeah. Then in February, I got the booster, and it was also Moderna. But I got it in Spain, which was cool. It was, um, like, through the Spanish public health system. Okay. And the ex- also, it was later on, but my experience did- was definitely different there getting it. they just, I just, like, walked in there, like, they gave it to me, and then they were like, all right, see you later. So that was good. And, yeah, knock on wood. Don't think I've had COVID since then. Hello again. So it's two days later. We made it back home after the journey. Um... We wanted to tell the story of our trip to Vinales. Yes. Mm-hmm. Would you like to start? Or do you want me to start? I think you should start. <laughs> okay. We um, all back in one piece. Yes. So I live in Havana, and we decided to go to Vinales for the weekend. And I know it's common in Cuba to hitchhike. They have these cars called machinas that are taxis that run in loops and so i've used these before so basically how it'll be is there's a route that a person will be going through the day and it's almost like a hop on hop off bus and so you hop on you tell them how far you're going they tell you the price which is usually not that much like it can be like a dollar and depending on how far you're going a dollar two dollars in u.s equivalent so maybe 100 200 pesos and you pay them and they drop you off like near where you're going. Um, just wherever the nearest point is to where you're going on their route. So you can just tell them like, oh, I want to get out here, yada, yada. Um, so I've traveled around a lot like this shorter distances, but you can get all over the island kind of doing this. That's not really a machina though if you're going long distance. It basically is hitchhiking. I mean, um, so I have friends who've done this before, gone to Vinales from Havana in through hitchhiking. So we took a machina to another city nearby called Bauta. And then literally they like drop us off at this bridge. There's a bridge where the two freeways cross. So you get off on the one freeway and then you walk down under the bridge to the other freeway and you just stand on the side of the road with money to get a car and you they pull over and they're like you tell them where you're going and then you say yeah i'm going there or you wait until you get one that's going to your direction and so someone told me that you should pay about 200 pesos per person for this so i had 200 pesos in my hand 
which is a, a little bit more than a U.S. dollar. And we were on the side of the road just holding the money, like trying to wave people down to go to Pinar del Rio, which is like most of the way to Vinales. We were maybe waiting for like an hour before we found someone. Maybe less. 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Maybe 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, but prior to this, we were waiting for a bus in the mm-hmm. hot meeting sun. How long did that bus take? Yeah, well, we so for? first we were trying to get a bus from Havana to Bauta, mm. which is not that far. It's only like a 20-minute drive. And apparently we were at the wrong bus, bus stop. stop. <laughs> uh, so that was great. And then, so we ended up taking a Machina, which was like cheap too, but... Yeah, we were first waiting for the bus for, like, two hours, maybe. Yeah. It was a long time. And then we realized we were at the wrong bus stop, and I was like, okay, I can't deal with this. Fuck it. And so we went to... We went with the Machina, which is fine. Uh, The bus in Cuba is, like, two or three pesos, so it's, like, less than a cent, which is crazy. But, um... Anyways, we took a Machina. It was 100 pesos, like, for the both of us, so that's okay. We, We can afford it. So then we're waiting, we're waiting. There's some other Cuban people like doing the same thing as us hitchhiking to Pinar del Rio. I feel like it became a bit of a competition though. Yeah. We were all trying to get onto the first Machina like. Yeah. So at first it was kind of like, I didn't want to talk to them, blah, blah, blah. But then yeah. we kind of made friends with this one guy who was going the same place as us. So that worked out. So we're waiting, we're waiting, and eventually a truck pulls over, and the guy who is our friend, our Cuban friend, he's like, come on, come on, come on, because he knows where it's going, the same place that we're going. So we get in the back of this truck, like the bed of the truck, and we're just there for like two hours, basically. I feel like it was almost two hours. I feel like it was almost two hours. Bearing in mind, this was on, I guess you guys call it the freeway motorway for British people so he was going pretty quickly and I just remember feeling so like I'd been inside a tumble dryer you know my body was rocking backwards and forwards my eyes are watering my lashes started falling off false lashes um I just couldn't really see my hair was just covering my whole face and all I could hear was wind yeah we didn't have hair ties my hair was so tangled. My hair's never been so tangled. I, like, brushed it all out. And then I ended up, like, trimming my hair because it was, like, the ends were so dead from, like, brushing all the knots out. I was like, this is insane. Um, but, yeah, so we're in the back of this truck for, like, two hours. And I just feel like I'm, like, looking at the map and I'm like, this is taking so long, you know? Just because also it's, like, the beating sun. It's windy. Yeah. We're going, like, 50 miles per hour. I think, like, they said seven, they thought it was, like, 70 kilometers per hour, yes, which yeah. I think is about 50 miles per hour. So we're going pretty fast. Um, yeah, I don't really, I feel like I was going to have more to say about that, but it was just long and hot and windy. Yes. Like when I got in at the beginning, I was like, this is so cool. I've never done this before. I'm in the back of a van. And I, I started to um, post on my Instagram story thinking it would be so cool. And then <laughs> literally nearly being flipped sideways and just like more and more exhausted <laughs> as, as the time went on and then like every time we were holding something like a book or a phone I was like so scared that we were gonna drop it and it was gonna fly out of the back of the car you know I know I was holding on so tightly to the side of the truck because I just thought I was going to fall out like <laughs> the yeah. guy next to me was like are you good and I was like I don't know I don't know yeah it was pretty funny 
So yeah. Anyways, then we made it to Pinar del Rio, and we're like Finally. thirsty. We're like we're supposed to like it, and we had gotten kind of a late start, so it was already like three, and we were still had to go like forty five more minutes. Yes. And then we are looking for water, and then these guys are going into this bar at this place we tried to buy water, and they're like, "Do you guys want to come have a beer with us?" And we're like. I'm like, Mary, should we go have a beer? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I think we need a break. <laughs> so we go in, we have beer with these guys. They were nice. They were, they were I mean, they were like kind of old. They were, I mean, older than us. Yes, they were like, yes. one of them was 50 and one of them was 43. But I mean, they were nice. We drank beer with them. And then we were like, had okay. a few snacks. Had a few snacks. I was able to detangle my sunglasses from my hair, which was very nice. Mm-hmm. And a necklace from my hair as well. <laughs> yeah, necessary. <laughs> necessary stuff. I put an eyelash back on. It, it was quite brutal. I walked out of the truck feeling like a different woman. Yeah. It was, it was an intense experience to say the least. And so, yeah, we eat a snack, we drink some beer, and then we're like, okay, we really gotta go. It's like five at this point. Yeah. We're like, okay, we really gotta go to Vinales. We have like a nice little Airbnb. And I've been to Vinales before and it's this beautiful, uh, city in Cuba where a lot of the tobacco is grown and it's surrounded by mountains. It's very small, very quaint, very beautiful. So I'm like, okay, we gotta get to where we're going. Yes. But then it's five and th- our friends who we drink beer with are like talking to, the Cubans talking to the taxi drivers and they're like basically there's probably not another machina that's going to be going today which to be honest I feel like is kind of false I feel like we could have hitchhiked but at that point we were like so exhausted this guy is like 2000 for a taxi and I'm like I don't want to pay 2000 pesos to go the rest of the way but I was like at this point we were so exhausted we were so tired we just we just paid it. Oh, fuck it. And I mean, 2,000 pesos is about like 12 or 13 dollars. So, I mean, it's not like the end of the world. I do think it's, I mean, and it's for like a 45 minute drive. I mean, it definitely is pricey for Cuba, but I was like, at this point, I can't deal with any more like ride insecurity. I was like, I just need to get <laughs> yes. there. I was like, I literally can't. And I knew he would like drop us off like at the destination, at the Airbnb. I was like, all right. Yeah. We're going to just do it. And so. We drive there, and he's kind of a crazy driver, that guy. He was, to be fair, because there were little bumps in the road. I was like... Yeah, and it was like a mountain. It was like a mountain, like kind of going up into the mountains. So, yeah, we did it. We arrived, and we get to our Airbnb. Which is beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. We are next to a farm, Mm -hmm. I believe, Mm -hmm. in the mountains, greeted by the loveliest lady. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, so that was pleasant. And we were pretty hungry at this point. So what did we do after that? I can't remember. Immediately after we got there. I think we decompressed a little bit. Mm -hmm. For, I guess, half an hour. And then we went to go and get some food. Mm -hmm. We drank first, though, didn't we? Oh, yes, we did. We had (laughs) mojitos. And we went to this cutest little bar that had, like, lights in the yard. It was outside. We had mojitos. And we drank Red Bull. We did. We drank two Red Bulls right before bed. Mm, it was okay. We stayed up really late, though. We did. And we so also then, had horse riding the next day. Yeah. So then we went to eat. We got delicious food. We had patatas bravas, which is like Spanish 
bar food potatoes with like this mayonnaise sauce and this tomato sauce it's kind of spicy you guys need to try it if you ever go to spain yeah it's so good you'll see it and it's just delicious so we had that which i was like oh my god this is so good and then we met one a friend of a friend who i know who lives there and had drinks with her which was really sweet and we didn't go to bed till like 2 a.m i think half three really and then, yeah, so we had a um, horse riding plan for the next morning. Yeah, and I, they, they suggested doing it at 9 a.m., but <laughs> me, of course, I'm like, we should do it during the sunrise. Like, <laughs> before I knew we were going to stay up late, I'm like, let's go in the sunrise. It'll be great, blah, blah, blah. And so she said she thought the sun would be rising around 7. So I'm like, okay, great, let's do it at 7. But then when it was half 3, like 3.30, and that's 3.30, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, so half 3. I message her and I'm like, hey, like, can we we actually do it at nine instead, nine or ten, because we're really tired. And she didn't respond. And I thought there was a chance she wouldn't see my message or maybe she'd see it in the morning. Yes. But like, I don't know. I was like, maybe she'll see it. Whatever. So then I wake up to her knocking on our door (laughs) at 7 a.m. And I'm like, fuck. So I like go out there and I'm. Uh, Mary's still asleep and I'm like, hey, is it possible that we can do it at nine instead? And she's like, oh, like I already saw, like I already have the guy here, like he's outside. And I'm like, fuck. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, like, can you just wait 10 minutes? And she's like, what time? It was funny because she said, what time did you send the message last night? Like, because I told her I sent her a message and I'm like, yeah, 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 no, no. I'm like, don't even look. What time are you? It's like embarrassed. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll, we'll just go. And so then I, we, we got up and we like got ready in 10 minutes and then we go out to like go ride horses. And we were told that it was $4 per person for the horseback ride. Um, because I don't know if you've used Airbnb a lot, but like Airbnb has this really convenient feature where they translate between languages. So if you're typing something in Spanish, um, like if the Airbnb host is speaking Spanish and you're speaking English, it will automatically translate between the two different languages. Very convenient. But she had written like um, $4 per person per hour yeah. in Spanish and it didn't translate correctly to my phone. So it was crazy because we had our phones next to each other. And, like, she had typed $4, um, like, por persona, por hora. But it literally on my phone just said, like, $4 per person in the English translation. And I just didn't know that it had issues like that. This is the first time it's happened to me. So, anyways, I was like, wow, $4 per person for horseback ride. That's great. great. I was thinking, Zab, okay. Yeah, I was like, come what, through Cuba. What a great <laughs> price. So, anyways... I mean, which is fine, but anyway, so we go, and we're, we have this cute older man who's our tour guide, and we each have a horse, and he says that, like, my horse has to go in front, and my horse is, like, so fucking slow. <laughs> it was, like, the slowest horse I've ever ridden. I know he thought, like, it was sick, because it was shitting the whole way. It had quite severe diarrhea. So gross. <laughs> So intense. I'm glad I was, like, riding that horse. I didn't have to see that, to be honest. Like, at least I, like, just was, like, out of sight, out of mind. Like, a few times I realized it was pooping, but I was like, I'm just, like, not gonna... I'm just gonna ignore that this is happening. Yeah. But, I mean, horses poop sometimes when you're riding them. Yeah, but I think it was a little ill, because it was constant. Ah! (laughs) I was thinking that, okay. Gross. I didn't even realize that it was constant. Like, a few times I noticed that it went, that it pooped, but I was like, okay... 
Oh, wow. That's the poor horse. I know, right? Freaking egg. But then, um, anyway, so we ride up through this beautiful, like, field, this beautiful field with tobacco and corn and, like, all these different um, vegetables growing. And it's in the mountains. It's gorgeous. We go up to this little bar where there's a beautiful view. You can see, like, the whole city, the whole area. Absolutely stunning, yeah. Absolutely stunning. We drank some coffee. We had a drink. We shared a drink because he said there's this drink called Coco Loco that we needed to try, which is like rum and coconut and lemon. In an actual coconut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to try it, and we shared one. It was good. It, was it nice. wasn't that strong. And I bought him. I, I asked. I bought him a drink. I was like, oh, we can buy you a drink, blah, blah, blah. So I bought him like a pina colada at like 8 a.m., you know. It was yeah, really early as you morning. Do. But, you know, it's Cuba. And so it was fine. But then we're like hanging out here. We're kind of, you know, we take pictures. We're like sitting. But since we didn't know it was like per hour charge, we just kind of were letting him set the pace of the yeah, tour, yeah. you know. So we sit there for maybe like 30 or 45 minutes. I say 45 minutes. Yeah. And we're just hanging out. And then eventually I'm like, okay, like, should we go? Uh, right? Like, should we go? And so we go and then we're... We go down a different route. Yeah. Which is not the same route that we came. So we just presume that we'd go to the top of the mountain, have a drink and a nice view and then go back. And then we went down a different route. And then we ended up at a different bar. Mm -hmm. So we were slightly confused because we didn't get why we were at another bar if he wasn't buying a drink and we were also not buying drinks. And the horses had had a 45-minute rest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there were, like, some of his friends were there. He was, like, talking to them. And so then eventually we sit there for, like, 15, 20 minutes, and then we're like, okay, like, time to go, I think. So then we leave there. We're still going, like, another route, and we go, like, through this river. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, do you want to go look at these caves for, like, 300 more year- more pesos per person? And we're like, no, like, it's okay. And also, this whole time, I, like, know I don't have, like, enough money to pay for it. Because I have, like, I had, like, 100 U.S. dollars. So I knew that I, like, needed to get change. Because a lot of times, Cubans wouldn't have that much change for yeah. 100 U.S. dollars. Or I needed the exchange money for pesos so I could pay him but I thought I could just pay like our Airbnb woman so the whole time I was like it's probably fine like she can give him the money whatever so then go we keep going keep going and I'm I'm getting I'm like kind of anxious at this point if I drink I get really anxious the next day especially like no sleep and having alcohol I'm like like I call it anxiety. Yeah, anxiety is real. That so I was having. He was there. Yes. Yeah. So I was having anxiety real bad. So I was like just on the horse, like silently riding. And M- Mary at one point was like, "Should we sing, sing a song?" song? <laughs> <laughs> and we're like singing "Old MacDonald Had a Farm." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ew. Like as we're riding the horses, the guys probably like, "What the fuck are these girls doing?" Like. But I just, at this point, I was like, okay, I'm really ready for this to be over. We're, like, so tired. We had the longest day yesterday. We were in the sun all day. We were in the back of this truck. We commuted, like, over half the island. And then we're, we barely slept. And we're, like, had on these horses. Had, had nothing to hungry. eat. Yeah, we were hungry. And so it was kind of a lot. And so then we had another stop at this, um, where this guy, like, shows us how to roll 
a cigar, how he rolls a cigar. I think we stopped somewhere before that, though. Did we? Yeah, we stopped at another bar. Three bars? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because the bar, the last bar we were at was the one we started at. Really? With the Shake of our poster and... I don't think we stopped there on the way, though. Did we? I think we just passed by it. You're right. We didn't I'm stop wrong. there. Yeah. We yeah. didn't, we, we didn't pass that. it at first. Oopsies. Yeah, because he was like, okay, like on the way back, we can see the tobacco. Oh, blah, yes, blah, blah. yes, yes. So we stopped there and we see that this guy, this really nice guy, like shows us how to roll a cigar. He was kind of flirting with us, but in like a harmless way. Yeah. Like, it was quite, it was quite <laughs> funny. We liked him. He was, also, he was like, I drink a bottle of rum every day. And then he, he, let us try we smoked a cigar while we were talking to him and he let us try this like specific rum that is made in cuba which i'm a, i don't like i didn't like it did you like it no. yeah he's like it's so good this is like the best rum it's like made in this area and we both i could tell we like <laughs> didn't really like it but you should buy a bottle of it we were like um maybe not we're like no thank you <laughs> like, <laughs> but we talked to him for a while it was pretty funny because i was like what kind of rum is your favorite and he's like Rum is like women, like I like them all. Them. Yeah, <laughs> he was quite funny. And then I think his kid was there, or like someone's kid was there. Do you remember the yes. kid? There was like a cute kid hanging out there. And then while he's showing us how he rolls the cigar, I see the kid like alone, just like riding off on a horse, like into the distance. And I'm like, um, what is I'm like, is I was like, like is it okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I was like, okay, like, whatever. It's like a toddler, like, on fucking horseback. But, you know, maybe he's doing it. I'm not judging. I mean, people be having different lives out here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to judge other people. But I was like, damn, is that okay for this kid to be riding this horse? He's probably, like, four, literally. He looks four. Maybe he just turned four. Like, three or four. (laughs) When I saw that, too, I was like, what? Maybe it was all a fever dream. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, so we smoked cigar with this guy, and then it was like his cousin was there, like sleeping on the bench. Yeah, he was like, my cousin has been drinking rum since the morning. That's yeah. why he's lying down like that. We're like, okay, okay, no big deal. And then we start to be like, he, the guy. I feel like the guy could tell that we were like not understanding that we were paying by the hour because we were kind of just hanging out, smoking, talking to him, and. He's like, you guys can stay here all day if you want. Want, but... <laughs> yeah, and so eventually we're like, let's go. And the guy starts, the, the horseback riding guy, he starts saying it's like $20 per person. And I was like, well, that's not what I had, that's not what I had been told. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at this point, we were out there for like five fucking hours. We were sweating. No shade. We were literally in the hot sun, dehydrated hungover move like my indigestion yeah you're having stomach stomach problems because the stomach problems in cuba are, are are existent i mean it's just different food different water than we're used to which is fine but yeah your stomach was hurting we're like it was an intense experience all around but so i'm like listen like that's not the price i was told like let me just pay the airbnb lady and they can give you money and I showed them, like, in Airbnb, like, when she said the price, and our friend, the cigar guy, was like, yo, like, that is what it says on the Airbnb yeah. thing. But I, I, he, they weren't lying to us. I just think he, he wasn't lying to us. The translation just didn't go through correctly. So then, anyways, he brings us back to the road. And it was really nice because in the morning they had, like, a little, like, 
like a horse-drawn carriage situation, like take us to the the bottom of the mountain well, where the we rode the horses, which yeah. was beautiful. But then on the way back, they're like, nah, you just have to walk, <laughs> which is fine. Like, I guess that was, and I asked the Airbnb lady, lady later and she said it was normal, but we were just like so hungover, hungry and exhausted. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So we arrived back at the Airbnb. Do you want to say what happened then? I'm trying to remember. I just remember walking down the road and having to take my bra off because I'm like, I just can't do this. <laughs> I just like flung it off and holding it in my hand. Okay, so we get back to the Airbnb and the lady comes out. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't believe you're still on the tour. <laughs> I'm like, we can't either. Believe me. Believe me, we did not understand that it was going to be that long. And I told her what had happened. That's when we figured out there was the incorrect translation. And I think she could tell we were really stressed out. So she brings us out like a slice of pizza. <laughs> she could see how disheveled we were. We were just like. Yeah. So that was really sweet. We got yeah. to eat a slice of pizza. And then we like went and ate a really good food at this restaurant and bar. It, we were, there was no one there but us. And it was this really nice garden in the back. And we read. And you got we, to do some homework, which was I nice. did some homework, and yeah, that was a really pleasant experience. And then we were like, we're going to take the bus back. I was like, yeah. I can't deal with um, that transportation <laughs> back again. I, like, maybe next time, but... Yes, not... Not not so soon. Not so soon. We need some time to recover mm-hmm. from the experience. Yeah. We just hung out at the Airbnb, talked, Beautiful, and we yeah. recorded the first part of this episode. We did. Yeah. And we went to bed, woke up. As you do. As you do. Thank the Lord. Yes. And then ate some breakfast and took the bus back here. Ooh, the eggs were really good. We had some eggs that were just really good. Mm-hmm. Like, ve- like scrambled eggs with veggies and-, and really good bread. Like, it was like brioche bread. <laughs> I was like, damn. I was like, damn, how they make this? I was like, Girl, drop me your recipe. I never had bread like that in Cuba. It was, it was really funny. good. Yeah. So now we're back. And now I know how to get to Vinales and back if it's ever necessary. You do? Yeah. Okay, it's about a 10. How do you rate Vinales? Out of 10? Yeah. I mean, 10 is beautiful, I think. 10 too. Yeah. Okay, cool. Any other comments about the trip? Not today. All right. Well, that's our story of Vinales. We'll, we'll be back for more Cuba adventures, more chronicles of Cuba real soon. Have a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good day. Bye.